Face-to-face, healthy relationship talk radio with one of the leading specialists and foremost authorities in healthy techniques in relationships. Learn why honor, beauty, leadership, and self-help is important for your empowerment. Get practical information on why you attract your opposite with balancing self-love and health. Also, listen to proven strategies to avoid major interrelationship mistakes that keep you bonded and push people away. Now, here's your relationship specialist and host, Daiya Six. Hey, you guys. Oh, my goodness. How are you guys doing? My geniuses better be present. You guys better be present today. First of all, I want to welcome all of you to Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. You know, we are one of the only talk radios that is dedicated to providing our listeners with what counts, right? And what is that? For those of you that who have been here for the very first time, I'm going to tell you. It's love, relationship, beauty, while helping you with empowerment and improving your life. You know, all that good stuff that counts. I am your relationship specialist and I am your host, Daia Six. Today we are joined by our wonderful guest. Oh my goodness, I can't wait to introduce you guys to her. And in a second, you guys are going to meet her. But I want you guys to uh, stay tuned because this is actually really a, a pretty special segment for me. And I know that a lot of you will be able to relate because if you're not going through this, then you know someone who is. All right. We have our author, Miss um, uh, Keisha Keith. And she is going to tell us, well, let me say, our segment today is about depression. So we're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about postpartum. We're going to talk about all that stuff. Wait a minute. Keisha, are you there? Keisha. I am. Hello. Yes. Now, I am, I'm great and glad to be here. I am so happy that you are here. Listen, I haven't even told them about the book yet. So I'm going to wait just one second because I want <laughs> You know, sometimes I like to keep suspense going because the first thing that we have to do first, Keisha, is uh, pay attention to our sponsors and those that make, um, you know, things go round for this radio show. So I'm going to go ahead and give recognition and appreciation to our uh, sponsors and and those that, you know, love healthy relationship talk radio. So first of all, what I want to do is ask some of my listeners, if you guys have any fundraiser events coming up or corporate events If so, then you guys have to know about One Hope Products, a give back program since 2007. They have helped fund over 1 million meals for children in need. Okay, planted over 50 trees. And see, this is one thing that I love about this um, uh, One Hope Products, Keisha, because, you know, we are constantly tearing down our trees. And sometimes I think that we are, you know, a little half-witted because, you know, trees gives us oxygen. So it's like, why are we cutting off of our oxygen supply? Lord knows we needed chemtrails and everything is happening. I mean, come on, you guys. But anyways, they planted over 50,000 trees. They've helped over. This is another thing that I like. 13,000 animals find a forever home. And so much more. I am an animal lover. That's why I can get behind One Hope. And this is a company with a social impact as a service. So for the past couple of years, One Hope has been part of the top 100 consumer products in the country. All right. So if you guys are into fundraising for your corporate events, for your businesses, hey, all you have to go 
two is MissIndigenous.com. You can get all the information there. And speaking of Miss Indigenous, Miss Indigenous is an international beauty pageant. The only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty finally is here for the wor- world to expand, to rejoice all of this. Guess what, you guys? They are now accepting contestants and directors from all over the country. So if you know someone or yourself and you are between the ages of 18 and 30, natural born female, never been married or given birth, then you can compete in the only pageant that is representing women with naturalness. Come compete in a pageant where it is not only about competition, but it is also about creation. And we all know for that information too, where can you go www.missindigenous.com. All right. So now we're going to get to our beautiful guest, Keisha. Yes. Oh my gosh. Are you ready to dive in? Are you ready to dive in? Oh, I'm ready. I'm Are ready. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're ready. First of all, let's talk about this book that I have been, you know what? I want to just pick your brain just a little bit. Okay. okay. Because first of all, um, you know, when I first saw your book, at first I said, huh, let me see exactly what this is about. Because anyone, um, the, what is it? The classroom of, uh, what is it? What is the title, Keisha? The classroom of my life. My life. That's what it is. The classroom of my life. So when I saw the book, I saw, I said, oh, this must be like one of those books that, um, Someone is just talking about, you know, them relaxing and, you know, maybe teaching you how to raise money or something like that. But then when I read, I said, well, wait a minute. This is something totally opposite from what I was expecting, because when you look at the cover, it just looks like it's relaxing. You know, it's it's just lounging. You know, can you first of all, before we even go into the book, let's talk about where you got the title from. The title yes. really comes uh, because of the situation that I was going through related to postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a graduate student at the time. And so a lot of the lessons I was learning would pretty much coincide with my future clients um, because I was pursuing at that time uh, to become a licensed professional counselor. Yeah. And so having gone through all of the theories and all of the group sessions and different things, um, I was learning different techniques, different things to recognize how to recognize depression, how to do all these things. Yet when it really hit me, I was not aware. Um, And so because of that, the title came forth because this was my classroom. I was learning not only intellectually within the classroom setting in in college, I was also learning in life. And I was learning all of the things that my future clients would be going through. Um, And and it it really ended up for me to be a blessing um, in disguise. And I I didn't even know it at the time. But this is where my title comes from, because it it truly has been a classroom. It's been a learning experience and, and has helped me to have a different perspective on so many things. You know what? That is so beautiful. And you know what? Some people don't even want you to know when they are at their lowest, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people are ashamed of it, afraid to even tell, you know, the people that they love that, hey, this is what I am experiencing. So I have to say kudos to you, first of all, for having the guts 
<laughs> to even talk about, you know, the classroom of your life, yeah. you know? Um, I think the title goes really good with the book. Uh, I actually love the co the cover of it, to tell you the truth. <laughs> what I was looking at, and I was just like, oh my God, just how nice this is. And when you, and the things that you talk about is not what people are expecting just from the cover alone, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I want I want to thank you for being brave enough to even come forth and even you know let us into your life right now. But you know what I find interesting? What's that? The fact that you were in school when this was happening, yeah. and, and and here you are a person because you know any anyone that is in a psychology program you know. You, I, I just look at people as being someone that wants to help, uh, you know, a people person, you know, something, you know, in that category, you know, I know because, you know, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and that's why I do what I do because I love people. I love helping, you know, and all those things. So here you are in school and simultaneously here you are needing help as well, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, um, that's the part where I feel like. Everything has purpose. Yes. And, and for me, in that moment, I really needed to have a better understanding of how I can not necessarily walk in the same shoes, but take some steps mm -hmm. um, to be able to share and pour into other people to let them know that, look, you're not alone. This happened to me. Yes. And I, I'm not ashamed of it. And it's important for you not to be ashamed of it because this is going to be a blessing somewhere to somebody. And so I needed to be able to do that. This experience brought that awareness to me because I was going to school and I was going to help these people and I was going to do all these things. But these people were it was me. It was yeah. me. And mm -hmm. so because of that, when I when clients come and I see people you know, in different walks of life and the different experiences that they bring, I'm able to kind of share some things with them to, to help them understand, look, we all go through things and, and it might not be depression. It might be something else. Right. But whatever that is, you have to be willing and, and you have to find that motivation and that drive to be able to take those steps, take the first step to make your life better, to make your your happiness because no one can define what that is for you you have to be able to define that for yourself so that way you have that peace within and you can spread and do the things that you need to do externally okay and you know what i i love that i love that now let me ask you this too because i want the listeners to really truly get an understanding of um you know um, um how you discovered that it was postpartum now when you were pregnant Mm -hmm. How was your pregnancy? Because, you know, sometimes when women are pregnant, depending on their environment, depending on the food intake, depending on ex how much, you know, the baby is uh, consuming and taking from the mother, it can create a deficiency. And some women, um, and, and I will say this, some women, when um, they are pregnant, when you, all you women out there, if you've ever been pregnant and you find yourself wanting to chew on dirt or wire or, you know, things like that, it's, uh, it's a, um, 
it's a deficiency called uh, pica. And uh, it's a deficiency, I believe it's in zinc. It's been a long time since I studied that, but I believe it's a deficiency in zinc. And so I want want to ask you, you know, because we're getting ready to come up on a break. And when we come back, I would love for you to answer this question. When you were pregnant, right, through, because, you know, being pregnant through your first, second, and third trimester, they are all different uh, phases. So when we come back, if you can take us through some of those phases, did you even feel like maybe, you know, your body was a little bit out of whack, maybe your emotions, maybe your thoughts or whatever the case may be. And then, um, and then we'll go into that just a little bit, or maybe you weren't, but guess what? We're going to dig and we're going to find out. We're getting ready to come up to a commercial. So you guys just stay tuned and we'll be back with Keisha Keith in just a second, all right? All right. Stay connected with DIEA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. ladies, have you ever wanted to create a successful platform and a voice for yourself? Do you believe in leadership, diversity, and equality? If you're between the ages of 18 to 30, by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant invites you. Come compete and represent your country in the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty. And the first to do it globally. Teach the world while serving your community. Imagine yourself being the planet's Miss Indigenous. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Go to MissIndigenous.com and apply now. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. How much sleep is enough per night? Eight hours? Six hours? Studies show that people who sleep between six and a half and seven and a half hours per night live the longest. But sleep deprivation affects about 27% of U.S. adults. Time magazine released a study showing how sleep and overeating are intertwined. The article cited a report from an American Heart Association conference that showed growing evidence that links healthy weight with getting adequate sleep. It showed that sleep deprivation is associated with overeating. In the study, people who were sleep deprived ate more than 500 additional calories a day. Adequate sleep is important for many reasons, but this research proves that proper sleep is imperative to maintaining a healthy weight. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. All right, you guys, now welcome back. Now, you guys know, for those of you that who are just now tuning in, we do have Keisha Keith, author of Classroom of My Life. Now, Keisha, before we went on break, I had asked, you know, just looking back, if you can look back at, you know, your um, your phases of, you know, your pregnancy, your first, second, and then maybe your third trimester, Do you think that your body was trying to tell you something then, or did you have a smooth pregnancy? Oh, well, no, I wouldn't say smooth. Smooth was, was not really how I would characterize it. Um, 
there were definitely uh, some some bumps along the way. Uh, to begin with, um, in the first trimester, I began to feel really ill. Mm-hmm. And it was as though, you know, no matter what I was, was eating or taking in, I would still have a lack of energy. Um, although I was continuing to push through and do all the things that I, I needed to do daily, uh, it, it wasn't affecting me. So I, I spoke to my obstetrician and I, you know, was explaining everything to her and she was like, well, let's, let's check on some things. And, and at that, at that point, it wasn't really time for me to do a glucose test, but she wanted me to do one anyway. And so from that, uh, we found out that I actually had, um, gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. with that, I, I really had to revamp uh, the way I was eating and the things that I was taking in. So um, I worked with a dietitian and did various things to be able to uh, bring those blood sugars under control. And right. with that, um, I actually had to start uh, taking taking some medication at that time. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was ongoing. Um, Within, I'd say my second trimester, um, I, I developed high blood pressure, and so with that, of course, that there there goes in some things that I needed to change even more um, about my daily activities, how how active and and you know just being involved in all kinds of things. Um, so I needed to really slow down and take some time. Well, all of that, of course, put me in the high risk category. Yeah. And so for for me, I pretty much ended up seeing my obstetrician every other week. Um, So throughout my pregnancy, I I would go in every other week. We do blood pressure readings. We, you know, check my blood sugars. We would um, because I was keeping track in in my my little booklet and we would also um, take a look at my son to make sure that he was growing and developing um, really well. So wherein, you know, someone would say, you know, I, you know, I only had a sonogram like twice or once. Um, I had them like every other week. So I I really was able to um, see him grow and develop, uh, which that part was, was really comforting. And I, I enjoyed that part, but the stress and the frustration, Mm -hmm. um, you know, was building. And I wasn't really uh, emotionally releasing anything, uh, really. I mean, there might be times where I would say, whoo, you know, I just need to, I need to sit down, relax, put my feet up a little bit, you know, try to, try to take it slowly. But overall, I, I tried to keep a pace that, you know, would kind of prove to be, um, detrimental for me in in the on the back end you know after having uh, my son and so some of those things are not you know the typical um things that happen when you're pregnant and and when it's your you know first pregnancy you're just like what in the world is going on you know because you, you I've seen other people you know they're pregnant they're they're glowing they're you know looking wonderful and I'm just like I don't understand this, but 
you know, it, like I said, everything still to me had had purpose. Um, yeah. And it, you know, and it helped me to really slow down. It helped me to understand that uh, some of the, the things I was taking on or saying I could do, I can do what I can do it. Um, I had to really say, okay, no, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, try to figure out how to, to pace myself in accomplishing certain tasks. So those, those were really my, my life lessons during the three trimesters. Isn't that funny how life becomes your mother, mother nature, you know, I call her, you know, she really comes in and really make you see things and make you go through certain things. But this is why one of the reasons I tell people we have to really evaluate when we, you know, because another person would have looked at your situation and they would have judged it, you know, oh my God, that's such a bad thing that she's going Mm -hmm. through. And it really isn't bad because even though it's uncomfortable in that moment, right? Look yeah. at how much you've learned and through that learning experience, how many people you can help because of it. So how was it even bad in the first place? It was just uncomfortable. And yeah. I did it, you know. Now, yeah. you know, what I've noticed, too, women that who tend to have harder pregnancies, you know, during during uh, first, second or third trimester, specifically during that last trimester, too you know, trying to, you know, balance themselves, you know, um, you know, their levels, their blood levels. I mean, the list goes on when we're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like men have no idea the things that we go through. All they do is <laughs> see and observe, right? Yeah. But, you know, our thoughts, because when I was pregnant, my thoughts and my dreams were totally different from my day-to-day life. You know, um, I would literally go, I don't even know if I even want to call it a coma, but sometimes I would end up in places and had no idea how I got there. Do you understand? That's what I was going through. And I went through postpartum too with my last son. And I think, but this is what I think though, Keisha, this is what I think when I look back. Because I lived in California all my life where all the sunshine is, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's sunshine. There was my family. I go to Michigan, which is polar opposite of California. Oh, yeah. Right? Literally, there were days. It's like eight months out of, out of the year. It's gloomy. This, you can't even see the sun. When you look mm-hmm. up at the sky, it's gray. So mm-hmm. I went totally into a polar opposite situation from what I was used to. And when you lack um, uh, 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 hold on, uh, um, vitamin D, right? Mm-hmm. You lack yeah. vitamin D, which I was doing, come to find out while I was pregnant, because when my son came out, he had rickets and rickets. You guys, for those of you that do not know, rickets is a bone deficiency, which means his bones were not holding the, um, the calcium that it was supposed to hold. So, and I, and I cured my son from rickets. The doctors did not, even though I had one of the best doctors in the country who was looking at my son, who also was the doctor to my sister in the seventies when she had rickets. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so there you have it. And then I fell into a postpartum as well. So now what I want to do is ask you this, Keisha, for those of you that who are listening, women that who are pregnant right now, and you're trying to decide, Hey, am I going through this myself? You know, be conscious of really your feelings, your thoughts, be conscious of your body, be conscious of everything. Um, I want to ask you, did anyone around you see the signs of your postpartum depression? I would say yes. Yeah. Um, But they really didn't know what they were seeing per se um, to give it a diagnosis. It, you know, I, I looked tired. And so that's what I would hear a lot is, Oh girl, 
you look tired. You need to go sit down somewhere. You're doing too much. You know, you need to you need to slow down and get some rest. And and that's kind of, you know, how things would come across. Um, but for me internally, I I was determined to keep on going, to to finish school, to, you know, um prepare for my husband to come to come back from deployment and to prepare, you know, for our son to, to be born. So I was I was still mindful of, yes, I need to take a break, I need to rest, but I still continued to try to do everything because that that had been my normal. My yeah. normal was to take any given task and, and work with it to completion. Yeah. And so I felt like this was my task. I needed to work it to completion. All of the things that were about to, you know, come to to an end, so to speak, or come to a close, there was a transition. I needed to to be there, to pace myself, to make it to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I pushed myself to do that. But yeah, I, I did at times lose focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I was tired. Sometimes I didn't really feel like eating, but I, I ate, but it wasn't like a, that feeling you get when you know you're you're hungry and you um, are enjoying this meal and you're just you know taking in the flavors and all of that. I wasn't doing that. I was pretty much doing it because I knew I needed to, um, mm-hmm. and because my you know I knew my blood sugars would drop and things like that. But that appetite was not there, um, and I kind of just you know pushed that to the side as maybe that's you know a, kind of a, a symptom of you know my health issues that I'm experiencing. So, you know, maybe if I change some things, take out, you know, some more, see where I'm eating, you know, maybe too much sugar still, take out some of those things, then maybe I'll be okay. But, you know, in a, in a, in that instant, it, it did not resolve itself. Um, it, it kind of continued regardless. And so I just kept pushing forward, pushing forward. But when you feel like you are, you know, your emotions are, are low and you're, you're, you feel like you want to cry or you're crying, you know, pretty frequently. If you are engaged in activities that you used to find really, really fun, like if you um, were involved in book club or you, um, some people even, even during their pregnancies, you know, they might go bowling or they do certain things in different leagues and organizations. If they are finding that, you know, you, that doesn't excite you anymore. Right, you, yeah. you just kind of want to stay home and you just want to be locked in the house. Um, and, you know, hanging out with your friends, if that's something you normally do, but now you're feeling like, Mm-mm, don't want to do that. You, you, you need to kind of take notice of that because those, that's where it creeps in. When you want to start to isolate yourself, that's where that depression will start to, to grab you and it will pull you further and further back away from, the person that you would normally be um, on a daily basis. So yeah, it does take those people and those friends um, and family members to be able to tell you, you know, something might not be, you know, right, right, right. now. You need yeah. to step back and re-energize and refocus. You know what? We- I, well, hold on, Keisha, you know, because oh. we're getting ready to come up for a break. No, that's good. But when we come back, we'll dive into even more symptoms about that. So those who are going through it will be able to recognize those symptoms. Okay. So when we get back, you guys, we'll be back more with Keisha Keith. Yeah. Stay tuned. 
Stay connected with DIEA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Attention, ladies. Would you like to create a platform for your success? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Intelligence, a leader, or trendsetter? What about a queen? Well, if you're between the ages of 18 to 30 by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant is looking for you to come represent your country. It's the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty, and the first to do it globally. Come create value a difference while serving your community. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Beat the early bird deadline. Go to www.missindigenous.com. Apply now. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. heard about the Seattle house that went up in flames after a chowder-headed tenant tried to flush out an eight-legged foe in his laundry room by setting it on fire using a lighter and spray paint. Whoops! Big miscabobble. Apparently, no one got hurt except perhaps a spider, but the rental home and its contents reportedly suffered $60,000 worth of damage. Neighbors scrambled to hose down their homes to keep the fire away. What's the word for a nearby house that is on fire? A eucalagan. Arachnophobia, or the fear of spiders, is pretty common. In case you're wondering what kind of nut job would actually try to kill a spider this way, this isn't the first case of this sort to occur. Why did the spider cross the road? To look for a new website, maybe? It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. All right, are you guys back? I am so happy that you are back because you guys are literally getting fed today. I know that I am, and I can also relate. We have our guest, Keisha Keith, who is also the author of Classroom of My Life. And guess what? She is giving us a part of her life, you guys. How wonderful is that, right? You see how healthy, healthy relationship do for uh, their listeners? Because we care. We care. No, you guys know I like to give you guys good content. But, uh, Keisha, before we went on the break, you know, you you were discussing, you know, um, about some of the um, the uh, the signs, you know. And um, But what I want to ask you is this. How did you get out of it? Like, you know, some people, you will have friends around you sometimes and and, and even your own parents and they will look at you and sometimes people go, okay, well, women just go through that after having a baby, you know, um, give her some time. Um, um, she'll get it back. She'll get her mojo back, you know, you know, things like that. And especially new mothers, new mothers will tend to sometimes, you know, get back into their groove a lot slower. Sometimes I know I was, I was the type of mother when I had my first child, I did not want to see anyone. I was, I, first of all, I was upset that I had to go back to work. So I was under pressure about 
that, you know, and, and, and women, and I was breastfeeding too, Keisha, I was breastfeeding. So I did not want to be away from my baby, you know, even though with my first baby, I did not experience postpartum, at least I don't think I did. Okay. I have the same feelings that I had with my first, with my second one. But when I had to go back to work after two months and I'm seeing this, this little old thing that can, you know, barely say mommy and, you know, his teeth were coming in little hands. I didn't want anyone changing my baby's diapers. I wanted to do that. So I became depressed, frustrated, and upset when um, I had to go back to work. But at the same time, we all know that things happen for a reason because that's what started my entrepreneur uh, mentality because I was like, you know what? I need to find a, a job or something where I can still have my son with me. So, you know, how did you get out of the postpartum depression? The first part of it is 100%, I have to say that I rely on God. Mm. Um, so it, it was a, a spiritual work for me because it had, to, it had to happen inside for my perspective on the outside to change. And so... Wait a minute, wait, wait, Keisha, hold on. So that means, hold on, that means you recognized it within yourself then, yes? Mm-hmm, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, Being aware, being conscious and being aware. Wow. Okay. That was a blessing. That is a blessing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Definitely. Definitely. So, so for me, that, that meant a lot of prayer. Um, Mm. That meant a lot of refocusing, praying for, for clarity, for peace in, in my situation. And, and not only did I lean on heavily uh, my spiritual side, I also leaned on some things from outside as well, because I, I knew that there were some steps and some things I still needed to better understand. Um, and because my situation, actually, I ended up in the psychiatric ward. Um, mm, let's talk through, about that. Yes. So, so with that, I had to to learn how to cope effectively, um, not not just for the moment, for long term health and clarity and, and spiritual wholeness and wellness. So because of that, um, I, I actually went to see um, a counselor mm-hmm. and we, we worked through and, and we, we rebuilt the foundation um, mm-hmm. to be able to show me where I needed to block out space to spend just some time for myself, doing something that was relaxing and, and random and enjoyable for me. Uh, and so I began to identify those things. Uh, I, I always enjoyed writing and, and, you know, little diaries and things like that. But I had to reincorporate that into my life as well because I needed to refocus my thoughts. And I really needed to see what what all of that stuff that was jumbled up in in my mind what it really was and and when it came out on paper it was it was clear more clear to me um and so i was able to determine okay so this is what i'm feeling this is where i am how do i stop those thoughts and so with with her i worked um using cognitive behavioral therapy which is thought stopping it's stopping all the negative messages and all of the things that, well, I can't do this. You know, I can't be a great mother. I can't, you right. know, I can't keep keep my child, you know, healthy. I can't do all these negative things that, that are coming in because, 
you know, the depression is there. And so it's just a bad headspace. And, and uh, you know, it, it creates that. It, that's your, that becomes your view. Your view becomes unstable because of all the things internally. So I had to really refocus and, and regroup um, along with that because the chemical imbalances that were trying to adjust themselves, you know, postpartum, we're, we're also trying to get that stabilization. I needed to incorporate some medication for a little bit. So, so I did that. And I don't recommend that, that, you know, everyone go out and, you know, take medication, but if you need it, use it or, or find, you know, something that works for you because, you know, my story is my story. You have to do what's going to work for you. No one else can tell you that this is right or this is wrong. There's no cookie cutter way for you to get back to your wholeness and the stability that you seek and your, your happiness, not somebody else's or what someone thinks it should be, but yours. And so I, you know, I had to, to find those things. And in doing that, I was able to, it gave me an awareness. I was really mindful of some of the things I was doing that was really draining me. And so I did have to, you know, say sometimes, no, I can't do that. You know, Mm -hmm. I need to take some time for me and I've, I've got, you know, all these other things going. So no became a complete sentence for me. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, it's still a complete sentence to this day because I can't take on everything. Right. Because if I'm busy doing all these things and giving out pieces of myself there, there's none left. And, right. and it's just like that, you know, you have a full glass of water, but if you keep pouring and pouring and pouring, it becomes empty. And, and, and running off of empty is is detrimental, It's detrimental mm-hmm. to the mind, to the body and to the spirit. And so I had to to remember all of that and remind myself of all of that daily. You know what, Keisha, I am so happy you said that because I'm going to go ahead and share some light here. When I had my first son, and this is to all of you women, whether you are pregnant, getting ready to give birth, um, if if you already have, and you know, and you and you know, because if you are a first time mother, you know, once you have that child, your whole life th- does a three hundred and sixty. It's no yeah. longer your time, right? And you know what? I have to say I have been blessed because I've had one of the most inspiring women in my life, my mother, to teach me such great morals, ethics and and, and, and qualities, you know, and keeping my ideologies right. Because you know what my mother said to me one time? Was that that actually really released a lot of this tension, what you were just talking about? My mother said to me, she says, first of all, she said, stop it. She says, slow down. Yeah. Says, because you just had a baby. Yeah. Took nine that months. Like my mom. That sounds like my mom. <laughs> it sounds like your mother. Okay. So we have, we have fantastic mothers, right? My mother, yeah. she says, first of all, she says, you are dealing with that child. You have to yeah. eat to get your breast milk up mm-hmm. to pump, make sure that it is flowing. She yeah. says, tell you something. If that kitchen is dirty, she said, then you leave that kitchen yeah. dirty, right? Yeah. She yeah. said, if she said, if those clothes need to be washed, you're not going nowhere. Relax if you yeah. have to. You do not have to keep pushing yourself. And sometimes I think that that kind of plays a part of what society tells us, what a great mother, what a great mm-hmm. woman, great housewife, whatever the case may be. So I am telling all of my listeners, if you are, if you have conceived, if you have given a baby, give yourself a mental, spiritual, and physical break. Yeah, because yeah. if you don't, you will break 
down. I don't care what society tells you. And if you got a man right there by your side, then guess what? He needs to learn nanny duties. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Certain things that you used to do, you can't really do that much because you are attending to the baby. And yeah. if he does not realize and understand that, then you know what? You can send him to me and you can send him to Keisha and we will <laughs> explain all that. And Keisha, for those that who are listening, where can yeah. listeners find you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, where, where can listeners find you, Keisha? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, on Facebook, my uh, author's page is Keisha, middle initial D, Keith. And on uh, Twitter and Instagram, it's at LadyKK00. Uh, LinkedIn is Keisha Keith. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and then you, you oh. can also go to my website, which is www.keishadkeith.com as well. And that's where you can pur- purchase books. You can contact me. Um, if you want an, an autographed copy, you can definitely do that as well. And I will send that out to you. Um, that's through contacting me directly um, to do those parts. But um, I also want to offer uh, at least five five free downloads um, okay. to those uh, that are listening. If I uh, get those who would contact me, then I will do a drawing and then those five people will be able to download my book for free. All right. And Keisha, you also do workshops and trainings, right? Yes, I do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Tell me about that. You, we have like two minutes before a break. Okay. So if you would like to um, get me for different workshops, whether we're talking about depression or any other mental health issue, whether we're talking about stress or anxiety, you can contact me at Keisha Keith at yahoo.com or give you my number 980-322-3466. And again, that's 980-322-3466. All right. That's good stuff. So if you guys, any of you women that are going through that and you need some help, just know that there is help out here. You just have to reach in. That's probably one of the reasons why you're listening to this show. And then I also want to tell you guys, guess what? It is about that time because we are coming up to an end of this radio show. And uh, for those of you that who um, may not know, we also do Facebook Live. So we're getting ready to do our 15, our last 15 minute. Oh, my gosh. Keisha, can you believe that we're, <laughs> we're flying? Last, <laughs> last 15 minute of this show. And we're going to do a Facebook Live. So if you guys have any questions or anything like that, then go to Healthy Relationship Talk Radio Facebook group page and you'll be able to see us and intervene and ask any questions whatever the case may be stay tuned we're coming up to a break stay connected with dia six for more information on practical tips proven strategies and healthy techniques right here on face-to-face healthy relationship talk radio suffers from bad breath? Several years ago, a New York City doorman was actually suspended from work because people were complaining about his bad breath. Other words for foul-smelling breath are halitosis and ozostomia. So, what are common causes of ozostomia? Coffee is a problem because it's very acidic and bacteria reproduce faster in an acid environment. 
Candy and gum contain sugar, which is also a problem because sugar feeds the bacteria that cause bad breath. Alcohol is another culprit. What's another name for cheap wine? Plonk, slip slop, or stinky bus. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Whether it's lunges or crunches or tricep dips, there is usually one exercise that you dread doing. I tell my clients that when they are working out on their own, to do the exercise that they'd like the least first. I have several women clients who really want to shape up their lower body, but they despise lunges or squats in any form. So we always do those exercises at the beginning of the workout when they have more energy and enthusiasm. By waiting until the end of the exercise session, especially if they're working out on their own, it is too easy to cut the workout short and not do those important exercises. For me, abdominal work is my least favorite, so I always do my abdominal exercises right after I warm up. After I get those out of the way, I concentrate on lifting weights, which I really do enjoy. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning back. Oh, my goodness. We have the wonderful author of Classroom of My Life, Keisha Keith. Now, Keisha, you know what? You know what? I would love for you to talk a little bit, just a second, about you being in the psychiatric ward. Um, How did you know? Did you know that you were going there? Or was it something that um, someone pretty much just kind of announced that, you know what, I think this is the best bet. How, how did that, how did that go about? So this all unfolded, uh, over the course of a weekend where I wasn't sleeping. Um, I really hadn't been eating for a while, but didn't really notice, um, a lot of things in my appetite and how it was changing. But over the course of that weekend, and it was actually, um, that Monday was, uh, my birthday. And so, uh, over the weekend, I was, you know, sleeping here and there, but I was really concerned with what was going on uh, with our son, because once we had him through cesarean, uh, because his heart rate dropped, he, he, when, he was, when he came out, he was not uh, breathing. And mm-hmm. so they had to rush him to the NICU and all of that. So um, to kind of sum it up, I, I was really, really overly aware of him and my fear was that he wouldn't be breathing during the night and different things like that so i was up checking you know every so often even when when he wasn't crying you know to be fed or anything i was still making sure that everything was okay with him so that that sleep deprivation uh really turned into anxiety and so that anxiety of, of course felt like a heart attack like my heart was literally going to jump out of my chest and so i was having difficulty breathing at that time as well. So I was trying to do everything to like do some deep breathing exercises to calm myself down and different things. But it all culminated in I, I laid down to go to sleep um, on on that Sunday night. And in the middle of my sleep, I had this dream that I was in danger. 
And, oh, and yeah. now, you know what? Now, I want to say dreams have always, always, always. It's like during during your baby and mm-hmm. after the baby, the dreams are just like on a whole nother vibration. For all of you that who are just now tuning in, I'm letting you guys know that we are with author Keisha Keith, who literally um, wrote the book classroom of my life and right now we're talking about depression we're talking about postpartum so for all of you women if you think you're going through depression if you think you're going through postpartum you guys want to tune in and 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 listen to this okay go ahead go ahead Keisha finish telling me what you were saying so from that dream it it gave me this sense that I was in danger and the person that I my delusions were starting and so the person I thought I was in danger from was my husband and, and so I jumped up out of the bed and I, I ran. And of course he, he was startled awake and he ran after me. And, and pretty much we had a, we had a, a struggle where I was move, move, literally moving him out of the way. And this man is taller than me and stronger than me, but I moved him out of the way and I ran out of the house. Wow. And when I ran out of the house, I mean, it was around like 4 a.m. in the morning. And I ran across the street to my neighbor's house and I was knocking on the door and he let me in and I used the phone and I was literally calling my mom because I really thought that I was in danger. Mm-hmm. And so from that, the the um, the the ER was called and the ambulance was called so that I would be able to end up. Uh, at the emergency room and for them to, to go through some tests and do some procedures, um, you know, con- conduct that psychosocial uh, because I was, you know, I was exhibiting those those delusions and um, hallucinations and, and running out of the house in the middle of the night. You know, that's not normal. And so right. they they started the whole process then, um, which allowed me to be placed in the psychiatric hospital at that time. And okay. so that's how I ended up there. Okay, so for those of you that who are listening in, you know, Keisha had to go, you know, to a psychiatric ward. This is th- this is what happens, women, you know. And I this is one thing that I want to say to some of you women. When you are when you have conceived a child, right? You want to make sure that your oxygen level and your iron intake is high. I'm not talking about really the iron that a lot of these doctors give really in, in, in the, you know what I'm saying? In the, um, in the, uh, in the hospitals. It's not, it's a different type of iron, you guys. Okay. So you want to look into a herbalist or something like that. But when you have lack of oxygen and you have lack of iron to the brain, guess what happens? You start to have delusions, especially if you're a breastfed mom, take your time women. It is that important. Oh my God, that is real. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, girl. I am so happy that you're okay because some women do not bounce back. And that is true. So, so I'm thankful every day. Uh, every day is a gift from God. And I, I'm definitely thankful um, for, for even the experience. Um, because like I was saying before, you know, it, it taught me a lot of things. Right. But it really, you know, helped me to slow down and, and enjoy things. Enjoy the sunlight. Enjoy the flowers. You know, not to take anything for granted. And, and that's that's the thing that I think has really, really allowed me to move forward. And that's not to say that some days, 
you know, I don't feel stressed or I don't feel, you know, like, okay, oh my goodness, not today, but I keep moving and I, and I find those reasons to be celebratory of the fact that, that I woke up and because I woke up, I need, I need to get up and I need to, to be active and, and continue to make that impact on, on society because it's important. Yeah. And then also women uh, do not, we were talking about too, do not be hard on yourself after you have right. given birth. You know, that's the number one thing that we need to take in consideration. And we need to hold that thought because society tells you, you know what, to be a good mother, you need to fall in this category. To be a good wife, you need to fall in this category. And guess what? Forget those categories. It's exactly. about your life, right? It's about yeah. how you really it's about what you're what you're what you're able to encounter in that moment. Some mm-hmm. women, some women, guess what? Your body has to relax. Having a child is a detrimental situation and it's also a miracle. Yes. So with that being said, take your time. I don't care how many times you've had a child. Take your time. <laughs> yes, please do. Please don't let anyone push you, you know, further than you feel like your body can take you and and your emotions can take you. Mm -hmm. Take that time. Remember, no is definitely a complete sentence and you can use it. You have that power. This is this is this is a matter of sometimes we can say life and death because sometimes it is. You know, if if you run on on depleted uh, oil, so to speak, because you are going and going and trying to do everything and be everything and be this perfect mom. You, you won't, you won't. And you will, you will literally pass out. And so it's important to take your time. You know what steps and what processes, how fast you need to go. And only you can say that. Don't allow other people to make you feel guilty about saying no, or, you know, the, the, the level that you're at, right. At that point, you need to be able to let your body refocus and regroup and rejuvenate. And that's important. That is so important. I'm so happy that you said that. So let's, while we still have some time, let's go ahead and, um, talk about some of the symptoms that women who may be going through postpartum or even bipolar, whatever the case may be, especially having, after having a child, Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me and, and maybe you can vouch for this too, but, um, it was my auntie that told me I was living in Michigan at the time, you guys. And after I had my child, I was, I was, I was depressed, but I didn't know I was depressed. I was happy that I had this little bundle of joy, but my, I had dreams that I don't even have today. You know, I, you know, none of those dreams have ever occurred to me ever today. And mm-hmm. My auntie saw me and she told me, she says, come over here. And I went over to the car and because we were all picking our kids up. All of our kids, you know, in Michigan was going half of the children going to the same school. Right. Because, you know, my whole family's from Michigan. And my aunt came and put me over and said, what's going on with you? And I looked at her. I said, what do you mean? She said, this is not my niece. She said, this is not my niece. She said, um, you, you, you need to find out what's going on with you. So it took my mother's sister to bring some type of light to me. And then when I went home, this is how I got out of my depression. Keisha, you ready for this? What's that? I went home and I watched Oprah Winfrey. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was watching Oprah and guess what? Yeah. There was this lady who was, who had just given birth around the same time I did. Mm. 
And she had no arms. Oh, wow. She yeah. had no legs. Mm-hmm. And she was grateful that she could look and intervene a little bit with all that she had. Yeah, yeah. I looked at the TV screen and I said, how grateful, how lucky I am to be able to walk to my son every time he cries, to be able to hold him, to be able to hold him up to my breast when he's hungry. And that is how I popped out of it. And guess what? It was gratitude. Yes, yes, yes. And that's looking for the good. You, You have to look for the good on a daily basis. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, how bad you think you have it. Somebody has it far worse and and you don't even realize it. But when it's right in front of your face, you come to the realization that, man, I can get up and walk and I can go and reach over and I can touch my child and I can do all these things. And it's a blessing. And right. and you have to be accepting and able to receive that blessing because that's the important part. It is. It really is. So for all of you beautiful women out there, you know, um, I just say take one step at a time. You do not want to go and fall into depression, especially deep, because some women do not come out of it. Right. So, you know, and, and all you new mothers, you know, ask for help. Ask. You know, you're not going to know everything. You're not going to know everything. So, you know, it, it, you guys have to really be careful with that. And I'm going to see. Let's see who's on. Let's see who's on. Um. Uh, I'm going to see if I can see um, who's on. But while I'm doing that, Keisha, um, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you again. Okay, so you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also LinkedIn. Um, Facebook, my author's page is Keisha D. Keith. And on uh, Instagram and Twitter, it's at LadyKK00. You can also find me on LinkedIn under Keisha Keith. Uh, don't don't be afraid to go to my website also. It's KeishaDKeith.com and you can order books and contact me. That's right. And go ahead and tell them what exactly you do, what you can do for them. Facingrelationships.com for further assistance. That's www.facingrelationships.com.